0: Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. This is your host Paul Arnold, and I'm joined by the Odd Couple. Yes, the Odd Couple to me means Nate Moyer, Ernest Watts, because mm-hmm. these guys come at sports a little differently. They were born in different decades. No, maybe not different. Yeah, different decades. Centuries. 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 Centuries yeah, yeah, they're the old and the new, the good cop, the bad cop, the uh, northern guy, the southern guy. Anyways, I'm glad to have Nate and Ernest with me again. And We're still in the virus shutdown for most sports, but this weekend we finally got some live, quote-unquote, sports, and we're going to be talking about live sports, which sport does it better without fans, or which ones we think will do better as far as a sports fan's perspective, and then we're going to be talking about how well are the major sports commissioners, leaders doing with our own little bracketology there, and then we're going to talk about how COVID-19 has affected people. You know, for many sports fans, this is all bad. But for some players, they, this was a, a break not to have to play right now. And for some other teams, it was the absolutely worst timing ever. So before we get to that, Ernest, when was the last time you ate some bad food that made you sick?
1: Last weekend. But before I get into that, I got to call you out on something. Name the characters on The Odd Couple.
0: Um Tony Randall Jack Klugman
1: No not the actors <laughs> It was originally uh, uh, Felix a Felix by... and,
0: and Felix and um oh, Felix Unger Oscar Felix and Oscar
1: Oscar Madison originally a play by Neil Simon, Simon I know we understand Raphael that Jack Lemon. Yes that was I do that away for all the uh, There's been a sitcom over since then years. on
0: CBS Several there samples. was one with Matthew Several. Perry and another guy playing the odd couple
2: I watched a few episodes of that. It was it was okay. Um, I like Matthew Perry, but I I watched it for a little bit. But I think it kept going on and off, like it was canceled and rebought. Yeah, Matthew rebo- Perry rebo- is a shell of
0: what them. he used to be. Boy, yeah. it, it
1: it would be politically incorrect to do The Odd uh, Couple in in this political environment. I would tell you that. Back to the bad food. Yes, I ate some barbecue. Which last week, the barbecue was good, but it shot my blood pressure up to 160 over 95. I have to be careful when I eat pork. Uh, trafe, as they say.
0: So you can't pig <laughs> out when you want to.
1: I can't eat trafe. I cannot eat trafe. My my friends of the Hebrew persuasion understand what I'm talking about. It makes. What is that, Ernest? I've
2: never heard of that. What is that? trafe. Trafe
1: is, treif? is a, y- a Yiddish word for pork.
2: Pork. Gotcha.
1: Okay. Say you didn't think we knew stuff with it in the South.
0: But go ahead. Yeah. So, work. of course, we're going to talk about Michael Jordan and the, quote, unquote, bad pizza in Utah. But that's going to be our last segment for today. But, Nate, when was the last time you ate some bad food?
2: I was thinking about that the whole time you are talking to Ernest. I know I had some in Arizona before he moved out here, but I can't remember getting sick off food here. But I had, I had a softball game, and we went to this bar that we always go to. We must have been there every week. No problem. I've always got the food. And I ate something with the tortilla chips, and the oil kind of tasted funny, and I figured, eh, hey, it's no big deal. And that morning, and late earlier, early, like one in the morning, I woke up frantically and had to run to the toilet. So that was, I guess that was the last one I can think of. Um, so yeah, tortilla chips did me in.
1: You took yeah. the Browns to the Super Bowl.
2: No, the other the other way, Ernest. Oh, the
1: other way. Oh, 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 uh, oh, oh! Technicolor. Yeah, yeah. You were yawns. worshiping at the porcelain altar.
0: Yes. So the last time I ate some bad food, it was some food I grilled, and it only affected my son David and I, and I couldn't figure out if it was the hamburger meat or I put a lot of um, seasoning on it, and usually this type of seasoning works fine and but i guess that must have wiped me out but man it was no fun um so it's no fun to eat bad food and i don't know if it diminishes jordan's legacy by this bad food uh connotation versus the flu but we'll discuss that later so ernest let's talk about the sports that we actually got this last weekend i watched nascar i watched the lame thing they presented as golf a the best thing about it was uh, watching Ricky Fowler carry his own bag. Um, we got soccer from Germany, and uh, we, of course we have Korean baseball. What did you watch this weekend, Ernest?
1: Well, I watched your lame golf. I watched the first couple holes in the last, and I kind of liked it. I mean, it it reminded me of playing with friends. I mean, it was, and it was a beautiful course. I watched, uh, I think three parts of three matches in the bungalista which is german soccer i've watched kbo for about two weeks now the racing was boring to me and i I think that's probably my overall feelings about nascar now all the cars look alike all the drivers look alike there are no personalities uh I, i miss the old days when you could tell a chevy or a dodge or a ford from the top row of the stadium that's about I 20 years the, ago, at least. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, I, I miss the days when you had Dale Jr. and, and Jeff Gordon and all that. I mean, they're, they're just this, this homogenous. It's it's like watching the same car. I mean, it's boring. It was boring with people in the stands.
2: You know, golf, it's funny. Golf,
1: golf I usually don't watch. I only watch the Masters and the British Opens and the Ryder, but I really found that pretty fascinating. And I, I'm telling tell you about the soccer. I love the soccer you could hear even though you could hear them talk and even though they're speaking in German, I didn't understand, you know, nine and that kind of stuff, but you could hear the ball being hit. I really enjoyed the soccer. Sorry, Nate. I mean, step all over you.
2: No, I was just going to say something about NASCAR. I mean, with NASCAR with no fans, isn't that just like a busy freeway on your morning? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it,
1: pretty much. It's I mean, it was, it's, and they've broken it down where they have these four racing segments where you get points. I mean, it's, it's confusing. People in the South used to complain about hockey. They couldn't understand that because it's too confusing. I was like, dude, you put the biscuit in the basket, that's it. And now they've made RAS- NASCAR this something that you've got to be a analytics genius from NASA to understand. I mean, the whole nature of, you know, again, there are no NASCAR racer drivers from the South. They're all from Indiana and California. But I really did like, and, and Bundelista soccer is kind of different in that unlike um, you know, unlike French and, and Spanish and, and the Premier League, which is pretty much one of team is dominating, like Liverpool and Premier, there's like five teams within five points. It's it's competitive. And German soccer is, is kind of like Big Twelve football. It's it's really offense. They don't play in the middle of the field. It's it's front of the goal the entire game. So it's it's enjoyable Soccer to watch, so they you know, did I've, the best. I've man.
2: heard. Sorry, but let me cut in real quick since you're talking about the German soccer. Now, I don't know, I've heard that German soccer is the worst.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it took how long before right. Nate did a dad joke five minutes that's or my so My drop in, go ahead, Paul. No, no, it's, it's
1: kind of like college ball, and they have all these young players that when they get good enough, they, they uh. So they, you're saying nope.
0: that soccer did the best without fans and what who did the yeah, worst?
1: Yeah. Yeah. NASCAR. Okay. And Me- basketball basketball is kind of hard to nature because I haven't seen a basketball game without fans since 89. And that's when Siena had to play their entire tournament without fans because they had a measles outbreak. So that's the last time I've seen basketball games without fans. So you got to go back 40 years for that. But yeah. Uh, soccer was the best, golf was more interesting than usual, and NASCAR was the worst.
2: I I didn't get a chance to see anything, but I've been watching Korean baseball. Um, I knew that NASCAR was starting, but I decided to use my Saturday to do a lot of chores. Um, Saturday and Sunday, just do a lot of household chores. We had some nice weather. But I think it, from what I've been excited about watching, Korean baseball, it was interesting because it kind of felt very similar to like a slow pitch softball game where you're playing out there at night. You maybe have like one person, which is basically, you know, your dugout that's making some noise, but it's kind of a quiet night, quiet day. Uh, That's kind of what the feeling was is it just felt like a slow pitch softball game where there's just no fans, right? There's maybe a couple, you know, people's wives or spouses that show up right, but not really. Uh, That's what it kind of felt like to me. So that to me seemed normal with baseball. Um, I think I can adapt to that um soccer i feel like the same thing you don't really see the crowd as much in soccer because it's such a huge field um you only kind of see the first few rows until they do the cutaways from uh you know the cutaways for the commercials and things like that where nascar i feel like the fans are kind of always there when they zoom out and um nascar always has don't they always have like a hundred thousand fans or something they have some ridiculous amount of fans oh yeah they have a huge following um so i think that's probably the worst is you know that's I mean, the, the the drivers can't hear the crowd, so I think of any sport, that's probably the one that's not relevant as far as affecting the drivers, because you're just not hearing any noise, uh, because the cars are making all the noise, right, and you got your headset on, you're really not hearing the crowd, um, but it, it, I, I kind of brought this up in the other podcast, or Trumble Dads, to make a little drop in there. Um, you can be one of our seventh, seven, vis- seven uh, listeners, if you want to jump on that, but it'll be interesting to see when we start up with sports, how much momentum it kills the momentum without having the fans there. Cause sometimes, you know, when you're a home team, you get on a roll, your crowds behind you, you're going nuts. You kind of go to another level sometimes, right? It kind of helps your, your psyche, it helps your ment you know, mentally you're kind of just feeling it when you have your crowd there, or for some players that feed off of the booze from, you know, having a great game in an away stadium. And you're kind of thriving off those people that are booing you and, you know, cheering against you. I, I I wonder mentally how that's going to mess with some of the players in basketball, um, hockey, baseball kind of thing.
1: Right. Paul, Paul I got to know, why didn't you like the golf? So
0: I, I turned into golf and just to explain it for people who didn't see it. It wasn't a tournament. It was a charity thing with Ricky Fowler and three other guys. And I watched it for about 15 minutes and so they were all in shorts. They were playing a very nice course. It must have been California or Hawaii. I don't
1: Florida. Know. Was it Florida. actually Florida? Yeah, Seminoles, right out of Miami.
0: So um, they were all carrying their bag, which was nice. You know, they had to worry about a caddy. Um, but it just seemed slow to me. And um, I don't know. It just it didn't seem it's like because- the drama was there at all. There wasn't the intensity. Like a normal golf outing, or tournament, there is so many golfers trying to make the cut, and one shot or two makes the total difference. And uh, this didn't seem that intense. Uh, it didn't seem that like they were having a good time when I was watching. Ricky Fowler was upset with a shot, and he scraped his club a little extra, and they're showing a close-up of him, and then they had a commentator, every little thing. It felt like a Geico commercial to me.
1: <laughs> but you know, I got the... I watched. Walk- the, the, and I've forgotten. He you had know, three well-established golfers. But the young guy, uh, Wolf was his name. He's got the quirky little swing. Yep. Matthew Wolf. I mean, it's fascinating. Of course, Roy won on closest to the pin. They had to play an extra hole. And he won by like a foot. Roy over... McIlroy,
0: if you don't follow Yeah, McIlroy
1: right. won over Matthew Wolf like a foot closest to the pin. That was the tiebreaker. But that was played for... I think uh, it was for like half a million dollars, that one shot. I mean, it was, I mean, I'm not a big golf fan. I'll tell you that right off. But, but I was intrigued by this Wolf kid because he was kind of the afterthought with Dustin Johnson, Roy. But how much and more Ricky are you
0: to want to watch the um, Tiger, Phil, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady? To me, that has so much more potential than what we saw this last Sunday. <sighs>
1: No, I mean that I won't watch. I really won't. You got two football players and two over the hill golfers. Let's just face it; they're not in their prime. You had the three top golfers and a kid that has a chance. I mean, they compared this Matthew Wolf guy to the Zion of of golf. That he has that appeal, and he's got this. He
2: was was he huffing and puffing on the course, Ernest? No,
1: no, but he was. He's was got this quirky little thing. It's like a Lee Lee Trevino, and I know I'm the only person who remembers that.
0: Or 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 Jim Furyk. uh,
1: Yeah, well, Trevino used to run up and hit the ball, kind of like, you know. uh, Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore, yeah. He he was in in Happy Gilmore.
0: He was in Happy
1: Gilmore. Yeah, that's that's the reason why. And he was a guy who just taught himself, you know, again, that time to be uh, Mexican-American and play professional golf was a big thing. Uh, because Charlie Charlie Sifford was the only African American playing on the PG at that time, but this this kid had the quirk. Like I said, it was something different to watch Peyton and and Brady. Nah, I have no. I'll find something else.
0: When is that? When is that tournament? That's this
1: weekend. It's Memorial it Weekend. weekend. I, I
0: might try to watch
1: some of it. TNT or TBS. See, if they two.
0: have a microphone on Peyton Manning. I will listen to it all day long because he is really funny if you ask me. He'll he'll be giving trash talk to Brady. Now Brady is not as quick-witted I don't think as Peyton Manning is. I mean he might get a few zingers in there but in the hype coming up to it. Now we're forgetting one sport that's been live for a couple weeks now and uh, MMA right? That's been going on. UFC.
1: UFC yes. Uh, In Florida and the in uh, Jacksonville, They're and doing the those highlight videos.
0: or the low life of that is one guy got a couple of teeth knocked out. I'm thinking, dude, I didn't watch it on. I didn't watch it live. I was watching the highlights or the low lights, and I'm thinking, dude, if you're gonna do this, where's your mouth guard?
1: So, I thought the highlights was one fighter and his two support staff tested positive for corona the day of the match, and had to uh, disqualify themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: What about? Mm-hmm. I mean. You know, another thing to think about is when if you get your teeth knocked out, aren't dentists not essential right now? What are you going to do for <laughs> until your dentist is back in the office I and mean, we just got to hang on to the teeth, put them on ice? But the usually
1: spray. they have I know box and then my knowledge is boxing and boxing always has a, a surgeon there available to do that type of stuff.
2: But if they're not essential, would they still be there? I mean, uh, they didn't yeah, have, you they didn't have the fans there. So
1: you're going to have to have oh. medical professionals there because you can. Particularly, I mean, we've had deaths in the ring in both. Well, yeah,
2: I think you'd have the, the doctor, but I don't know if they would. That would be interesting to see if they had an oral surgeon or a, uh, a dentist on staff there.
1: So they've there also
2: being-
0: had WWE has kept going without fans. You know, the WWE. Well,
1: well, we said sports, okay, not <laughs> theater, all right, not performance art.
2: Hey, they're just down the road. Their headquarters are just down the road in Stanford.
1: Yeah, but that's that's performance art. That's not a sport. Now, if you want I to would, talk I college would, wrestling, I
2: would, I would absolutely Yeah,
1: college you. wrestling, that's a sport, and that's entirely different. But okay.
0: No, no, no. All right, we're going to go on to the next segment, and we'll let Nate start with this one. It's called, Who is the Best or Worst Major Sports Leader? So I'm going to start a little bracketology here, because right now with COVID-19, these leaders commissioners directors whatever have had to make some tough decisions and try and decide can we get back to playing sports and so we have silver for the nba bettman for the nhl manfred for the major league baseball and goodell for nfl so nate if i broke it down to adam silver versus gary bettman who is the better commissioner
2: uh right now adam silver uh i haven't i mean i'm sure there is press release that's coming out about NHL. I really have not heard much. I've heard a lot more from the NBA as far as getting information out there about potential ideas, things we're thinking about doing. I really haven't heard that much about the NHL. Now, that may be on me. Maybe they've been, but I've been kind of watching SportsCenter once in a while. I haven't seen much about the NHL. I've seen a lot more of the NBA coming out. Hey, we're going to keep the lottery the same way. Um, We're thinking about doing this. We're thinking about doing this. We're opening some facilities. I feel like there's a lot better communication, so I would give it to Adam Silver right now. Based on, based on that, um, I think he's been a better leader about that. I know he's had a conference call with some of the star players about what their feelings about playing. So I I think uh, Adam Silver, definitely.
0: Mm-hmm. And before we go to Ernest, the other bracket, Nate, is Manfred from Major League Baseball, which has been making the news lately. Once again, the players are balking at the owner's plan of splitting the money uh, based on the revenue, not paying them based on their contract. Or... Good old basement loving Roger Goodell of the NFL.
2: I think, I hate to say this, but I think that Roger Goodell is doing a better job. Um, you know, now I think he has an advantage because of the fact that his season hasn't started yet. And um, so he's got that luxury, but you know, he just kind of seems like it's full steam ahead, um, full steam ahead for the season based on this, this point. But you know, it sounds like they're going to do empty stadiums. Um, it sounds like from Fox or CBS, one of those, are going to put in some artificial crowd noise in the background. I don't know if that's part of the NFL or if they worked with the NFL on that, but if that is, I'd like to give them credit for that. But, um, I think the draft was good. I think the draft was a nice break from no sports. I think, yeah, I know we had some, some dads, we did a big, uh, zoom call and everybody had their own TVs watching the draft and uh, it was fun. It just felt like some kind of live sport. So that was good for the NFL. Um, so I'm glad they didn't get rid of that. I think they did a great job with, with how the draft went. I think with everything that's going on, I think that worked out pretty well. Um, so I, and I think major league baseball, they just have a lot to deal with right now. They got to deal with, you know, players agreeing salary wise, take a cut. They've got the list of rules that I just read yesterday about like no spitting, no water in the dugout. Um, the fact that they're going to sit in the stands, um, (laughs) is, is interesting. I mean, it makes sense for the social distancing, but, um, again, it's going to look like almost like a little league or slow pitch softball league, where your your dugout's just too big, too small. So you have to put some people in the stands. There's an you know auxiliary bench uh, to fit the rest of your players. Um, so I think Major League Baseball's doing a good job with trying to come up with a lot of ideas, but, but I think getting the players on board is going to take some work. Where I think the NFL, I, I'd give it to the NFL only because I think they're a the draft, which was a nice break, and the other fact is that. Their season hasn't started yet, so they're still, you know, full steam ahead. They haven't had to
0: make adjustments yet. Hmm. Ernest, do you agree with Nate or Felix or what's his name?
1: <laughs> well, it's fascinating. Silver and Bettman both learned under the feet of the master. They were both assistant uh, commissioners under David Stern in the NBA, and and Bettman gets a hard. You know, a lot of people give him a little hard break, but I think he's done a fairly good job. They're looking at doing a twenty-four game tournament which basically means in the NHL, everybody will be in the playoffs except the Detroit Red Wings. Uh,
2: (laughs) I'm on board. So
1: so they're they're looking at a short three-game series, and they're going to look about a week. But, yeah, Silver, pretty much he's accepted by the players and the owners. So I think, yeah, Silver's the best uh, between those two. But Bettman, I think, is a hard break. You know my feelings about Manfred. I mean, he's bungled this. They should have went to the players. They should have worked out a mutual plan of bringing it back together, but decide, well, this is a chance for us to put a cap in and reduce the percentage of money that goes to the players from 54% to 50%. Uh, they looked penny-wise and dollar-dumb. I mean, this was this has been bungled from the beginning. What you see with the other three leagues is they've involved the Players Association with the plan. Baseball has not, and again, Goodell gets a break because his season did not be interrupted. I mean, they've got until literally they've got to September because they don't have to play the exhibition games, the preseason games. So he gets a break because he really hasn't had to make a lot of major decisions yet. But uh, you know, uh, Manfred has just ruined this from the beginning. He's a toady for the owners. There is no sense of. Uh, Partnership that Bettman and Silver has with the players. So definitely, I I agree with Nate on those two things. The baseball thing could also be handled if you put all the pitchers in the bullpens. You can spread out there, and you still have room to get six feet of distance in the dugouts. They're talking about using a different ball for every pitch. Good lord. Put your investment money in <laughs> Spalding baseballs right
0: now. No, Rawlings, bud. Rawlings. Rawlings,
1: Rawling, yes. Rawlings. No, don't
0: do Spalding. They got rid of
2: NBA, just cut ties with Spalding after 30 years. That's not going to yeah, be Yeah,
1: but they tried that once before, and you had that basketball that would cut your fingertips. Yeah. The new ball good. they brought in. So we'll see if they actually go to a new basketball. All right. But, so, Ernest,
0: then it's down to Roger Cattell versus Adam Silver. Who is your best winning? Who's your best commissioner that you like?
1: Again, if he, you take someone who's accepted by the players, viewed as the players as our commissioner and by the owners as our commissioner, and that's silver and good. All we really don't know other than making the draft a remote call and closing the preseason camps. He's not had any real big major decisions to make yet. You know, we'll be able to judge him in September. Now it's, it's too early because he really doesn't have a season to deal with. Mm.
0: Do you agree there, Nate? Yeah, I like. Um, I've been.
2: I, I think of all the commissioners, I think Adam Silver is the best. He seems to be well liked on both sides. Um, fun fact: Elizabeth and I went to a Suns game years ago, and um, we were supposed to go in the company, her company box. We got free tickets because she works there. Um, we showed up to the game. They moved us to a different suite, saying, "Sorry, somebody's going to take your suite. We're going to move you another one." Okay, no big deal. When we were leaving, we walked by. Anyway, long story short, David Stern and some of the execs had taken that suite because it was mid-court, best for you, whatever. Um, it was funny because Stern got completely booed by the Suns fans. We just mm-hmm. do not like him. Um, but we were leaving, right? And the kind of group, there was the main group that went out quick, and then we were kind of walking, and I was right next to Adam Silver walking. and He was the assistant or the deputy, I think, commissioner at the time. Um, I recognized him from the draft. You know, he does rounds two or three or whatever. Um, so that was kind of cool. I, I walked next to him, but I'm, I'm glad to see him doing well, but he's, he seems to get along with the players like Ernest said. So I would absolutely agree. I'm not a big fan of Roger Goodell. I just think he gets, he moves in into the finals on your, on your bracket just based solely on the fact that he had the draft and he didn't, ha- his season hasn't come up yet. So he hasn't had to make, make the tough decisions yet. Although I've heard something about, they might have to they're working on some kind of mask that the players can wear underneath the helmets. I think that's going to be weird. I don't know if that's going to work, but you know, that's there's there's people in all these leagues that are just coming up with ideas and um you know, some might be good, some might be bad, but we're all trying. I think everybody's working hard to try to figure out a way to get to get a sports, which will be great. But um I absolutely agree with Ernest Adams Wow,
0: Wow, we all agree this, silver is the best.
1: This- this fun fact, Adam Silver is the actual model for the Academy Award. He is the Oscar. <laughs>
0: uh. he actually,
1: it looks like, you know, that upside-down exclamation mark when you write in Spanish. He looks like the human embodiment of that upside-down exclamation mark.
0: Hmm. How tall is he, Nate? You walked right next to him. He's tall. He's, I mean, six, I'm, eight, not, six, I'm not nine?
2: exactly, I don't know. I don't know. He's tall. Everybody's taller than me, so. <laughs>
1: except, and he, except, he's except, a dookie, too. He's a dookie, and I still like him.
0: Wow, that is a miracle worker right wow. there. That Ernest likes a dookie. That's amazing. All right, so we're going to go on to our next segment, which is hey, this COVID 19 affected people different ways. And I sent these guys sort of a heads up of what we're going to talk about. And I I don't know, for me, the biggest loss for sports-wise, for all this COVID-19, and folks, I realize COVID-19 is about people living and dying. I work in the healthcare industry. I get that. So indulge us a little bit. I guess you already are if you're listening to us. But uh, the biggest loss sports-wise to me has been March Madness. Man, I was so much looking forward to March Madness. It's just so much fun. We all agreed that when it happened, that, oh, to lose all of March Madness I think that really got my attention of how bad this truly was. When NBA shut down, I thought, okay, this is bad, but March Madness? And so the team that was riding number one, and maybe the favorite was Kansas, and talk about really bad timing for Kansas, but Ernest, how bad is their timing going to be next year if they're under suspension or probation? Where does that stand, that investigation?
1: They've gotten the articles of suspension. They have to reply within 90 days. Uh, if if they are found guilty, the maximum amount was so Bill Self would have to set out a year. That's and what the, is the I, accusations I specifically? The accusation is they partner with Adidas and Nike to send money to one particular prospect who played for half the season. And they've been involved in the third party third party agents, third paying party family member, third party and third party. Third party agents. They've used third party agents to pay players. This is all uh a remnant of the FBI case against Auburn, uh Arizona State. Arizona.
2: Uh, Don't say Arizona State. Arizona- oh oh sorry. Arizona,
1: sorry. I'm sorry, Arizona, sorry. They haven't done
2: anything wrong. Okay. <laughs> they haven't done anything wrong yet.
1: They haven't won enough to create problems. Arizona. Auburn, South Carolina, um, Kansas. And there was a fourth school, and I cannot recall what it is. But this is LSU. Sorry, LSU. Sure. And, and, and but didn't those, they already
2: fire their coach, or did they just suspend him?
1: They suspended him and brought him back. Nobody except for the assistant coaches who are on the FBI tapes, have been fired. There are tapes which have been released with the LSU coach and Bill Self, which basically allude to the fact, do what you need to do to get us that player.
2: Was anybody yeah. with um, Sean Miller out of Arizona? Arizona it coach.
1: was. There's a tape with Sean Miller basically talking about Aiton uh, that we need, to, we need to do what other schools can do, which alludes to money. So that has been played. Those are the three head coaches on tape.
0: But that's almost yeah. like code talk. I mean, how can you... Convict somebody if they use that generic of talk?
1: Well, with the LSU coach, he basically said, I know that, and I forgot the other school they mentioned, so and so, not one of the ones being investigated, is paying him. We need to pay him more. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's, but again, we've seen this before. You get the big, oh, uh, we're going to hit him with the hammer, and they get the, you know, they go with a maximum. When the papers are served and then it's negotiated down because it's big money for Kansas to be on TV for the NCAA and the NCAA is going to be hurting for money. I mean, they just walked away from a billion dollars they lost. It was insured with the NCAA tournament. I'm not so sure with Paul. They were the big favorite. I kind of like Dayton. I like Gonzaga and I like Michigan State, but. It's, it's, you know, what's the old uh, Chinatown, follow the money, Jake. It's the whole thing. We're, we're talking about a lot of money to a lot of schools. And to take Kansas off TV for a year doesn't hurt Kansas as much as it hurts CBS and ESPN and TBS and TNT. Gee,
0: a little cynical sort of uh, salts up the uh, podcast a when's, little.
1: When's, when's the last time a school's been hit with a big penalty that didn't have Jerry Tarkanian as a coach?
0: Boy, you're really reaching back. Penn State. Penn State, yeah.
1: Uh, Excuse me, they were in a bowl game two years after that. I mean, SMU?
0: Are you
1: talking about SMU? Uh, Yeah, that's about time. And Baylor only got a
0: year, basically, for football.
1: Baylor, Baylor in basketball had one of their players kill one of the other players in basketball and went on probation for one year. You had 14 sexual assault cases with football players at Baylor, and in two years, they were in a bowl game. I mean, it's it's the money outweighs due process and justice in these cases. It's Our, because the contracts have become so big, the amount of money we're talking. So, listen, we're we're talking about endangering college football players, making them play before the schools open for one reason, one reason only.
0: Somebody just slipped me a 50 to move, change the topic here. So, uh, Uh, what do you think somebody that's been affected by COVID-19 player or team?
2: Kevin Durant, maybe. I, I think you, you posted that when you sent us a little link of players, but I think Kevin Durant, I've got him in my fantasy basketball league. And, um, we have a keeper league, which are, if you're not familiar, if you have a keeper, it's somebody that you get to keep every year, um, on your team. Um, and it's been kind of a bummer because he's just had to sit on my bench the entire year because if I want to keep him next season, I have to keep him on my bench the whole year. Um, and if this all starts back up again with the NBA, I don't know if he's gonna come back or not. I mean, if they're in the hunt for a playoff spot, the next I mean, the East is not that strong. I, I don't know why you wouldn't deploy Kevin Durant. I mean, if he's healthy, the they're plan is like, to let him sit just, out
1: yeah, regardless how close
2: they want. But I mean, if you're the Nets, why would you not put him back in if he's 100%? Um, So I think he might benefit and the Nets might benefit the most. Um, I can tell you the team that's going to benefit the most when this all starts back up again and also with the no fans is probably the Houston Astros because they are probably avoiding all of this talk of what happened the past couple years in their World Series stuff because there's no sports going on. Um, Nobody's really paying that much attention to Houston. So, I think a lot of the players on Houston are probably relieved a little bit. And then once this does start back up, they're not going to have to deal with as much because there's going to be a limited amount of press at the games, correct? Ernest, if I'm wrong, is there going to yeah. be a limited amount of press? And then there's going to be like no fans. So, they're not going to have to deal with the ridicule, the booing, all that stuff. Um, so, I think those are the two that I think benefit the most. But, you know, any player that's, you know, needed an injury that just needed to rest from injury is going to be benefiting from this. But, Ernest, what, what do you think?
1: Well, Kyrie's out, so I don't know if they'll bring in Durant. They may just look at this year as a wash and wait till they get both of them in there. Uh, Clay Thompson could come back, but at the point, it'd be almost impossible for the Warriors to get to playoffs. And it depends. Are they going to pick up straight from the playoffs? Now, the Nets are the fifth and sixth seed, but without Kyrie, even if they got Durant. And remember now, he came back from an injury in the finals last year. and That didn't turn out too well, so they may be extra cautious. But this is where I put the plug in for hockey, even though Paul didn't let me do that. And then you look at the NHL. What do you mean Steph I didn't? Jones, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, you did, you did guys to benefit. You did basketball and baseball. Well, we'll I, baseball. we weren't
0: done with the topic yet. Okay. Hey, <laughs> did I the wow. NHL
1: real fast, light? I got
0: wow. three in the NHL. I'm sorry. It's not easy being stick, like, stick to <laughs> the script, Ernest. All, right, all, right. all, right. on. On, all right. Let's you talk. Hey, hockey. Okay, Let's
1: talk about yes. hockey. All right, Seth Jones with Columbus. He'll be back. Dougie Hamilton uh, with your, your Carolina Hurricanes, who probably was going to win the Norris Trophy. And Stephen Stamkos, who's probably one of the three Here best players with the uh, Tampa Bay uh, Lightning. So I think those three can make big decisions however they go with this tournament. But I will go on record telling you right now, baseball and basketball, are going to come back. I'm I think the fun.
2: NHL having the tournament would be fun because I think teams, it's not going to be the best team. It's going to be the most prepared. Like it's going to be whatever team just gets hot when they start the tournament. It has nothing yeah. to do with who's the best team because everybody's going to be so rusty, not playing with each other. They're going to get essentially what happens in the Olympics with the USA team, right? Where they are yeah. playing on all these other teams and they take the two week break and they get a couple practices together and then boom, the tournament starts. That's almost like what you're going to have. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I think the teams that are, as as long as it's not the Red Wings, I don't care. I think it'd be fun to watch that because I think the team that might be good, the better team is not going to win that game. It's just going to be whoever has the best game that one night, whoever has the hot goaltender that one night. It's not going to be the better team, which is going to be very similar to March Madness, which is what Paul talked about earlier was the thing he missed most. So this would be kind of the same thing where you're going to have great athletes, and it's going to be any given night anything can happen the dominant team is not going to be the one that wins the tournament so i would be excited about the nhl although i think the stanley cup would have an asterisk next to it but still that'd be that's an exciting thing if they do that i would probably change my vote to nhl
1: that that gets Street forgotten game. look at the the redskins two super bowls they won the first two under joe gibbs were strike short seasons and no one ever says puts an asterisk on those super bowl Championship. So I don't, I've heard people talk about I don't think there'll be an asterisk. I think it'll be neat, kind of like what I watched with the soccer, is be able to hear the players on the field and on the ice, on the court. You'll be able to hear them and maybe may five seconds. Yeah, they're
2: going to have to delay that about yeah, five or right. 10 seconds because you're not <laughs> sure what,
1: but, but you'll to- be able to hear it clearly. I mean, that they'll have to put a delay on it, but the, unless they don't use mics, the, you're going to hear what's going on. And I, that's neat. I enjoy that. I look forward to that. Now, right, what so- if
2: they did something with the fans where the fan got like one fan per section, mm-hmm. right? So there's like a lottery and 15 kids, 15 <laughs> people get to go to a game, right? I would I would, I would put that section. up
1: for auction. I would that put would that be up fun, for auction yeah. and let the money go, go to the coronavirus. When one guy play. in each group and you bid for it. Yep. Are I mean, you-
2: how cool would that be, though? You, you talk about fans not making a difference. You could definitely make a difference. There's only 815 of you in the. In Give them a
0: megaphone. Give them a megaphone. Exactly.
2: You're gonna hear those players are gonna hear exactly what those fans are saying because there's nothing else to hear in that arena except for the buzzer.
0: All right, guys. Which sport? Which athletes in which sports swear the worst or the most? What do you think, Ernest?
1: Swear the worst? Yes. Uh, being close to the court. Uh It's a. Uh, well, I've been behind Bobby Knight, so i a little <laughs> prejudiced. Bobby Knight and Coach K—I've sat behind them, so I'm a little prejudiced. Uh, hockey and basketball.
0: So you, which one did you pick? I'm asking you to to pick one. Uh,
1: basketball. Really? Basketball,
0: definitely. Yeah, yeah. So are la, these la, la, like? La, 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 la. Are this is I just the ha- D word or the S word, or are you no, just No, 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 no. We're going
1: major league. The, the only difference is I imagine soccer uses a little British terms that we don't use. But, uh, yeah, in basketball, uh, uh, football, you don't – not a lot of talking, and you're such a big field you can't hear it, and a lot of it's garbled. Uh, baseball, they're pretty far apart. But basketball, because they're so close, and trash talking is an essential part of it. Basketball, yeah, you, you hear it all. I mean, we're, we're talking – Hard X-rated language. If you watched, and I'm not transitioning into the Last Dance. If you watched the unedited version on ESPN, <laughs> that's normal language. Yes,
2: I Nate? say. I mean, I think Ernest is probably right with NBA, but I'll say I'll say hockey. Um, when Gretzky was was coaching the Coyotes, um, I went with a friend, and we got to go underneath the tunnel. So the players kind of walk by um, underneath when they come off the. And I heard. I think, I don't even think he just had variations of the F word, Gretzky, who's the coach. It was like F this, F that. I mean, all he was saying as he walked by me was just the F word four different times mm-hmm. and, you know, four different adjectives for it. It was just hilarious. So I'd say hockey based solely on that and based solely on Gretzky. I would say that, but I think Ernest is right. You're so clocked proximity you're probably going to hear it more in the NBA yeah. cuz i think NHL they there might be going by a little bit too fast but they're in closer proximity mm-hmm. than i think baseball and football um so i'll since took NBA i'll take NHL but
1: no argument the, the for baseball basic, here? no no you are too bad far bad. apart
2: i mean if you, you watch
1: if you watch the last dance and when the bulls beat the pacers in seven games and larry bird beats michael jordan two of the greatest trash talkers of all time if you saw what they said to each other in the hallway, basketball wins, full scale, no doubt. Mm. Well, you have to
0: realize over in English soccer, the word bloody is worse than our F word. So it's it's a strange dynamic. So let's they, have
1: a, they have another word in England that, that is a showstopper.
0: Yes, they do. Um, so let's move on to the last dance. Why don't we go there? Um, it just finished up. Number 10 showed, what, Sunday night, right, last night? Yes. Yes. And um, so we already alluded a little bit to the pizza pizza gate in Utah that Michael Jordan said after all these years, I had just the first time anybody's heard of it, that he was, he didn't really have the flu. He ate some bad pizza from a pizza delivery place. And he said that was strange because there was like four or five guys delivering one pizza and they wanted to see Jordan, and nobody else ate of the pizza, and he got sick from it. Um, regardless if it was the pizza or the flu, it was an amazing performance. So, Nate, I'm gonna start with you because I'm sure Ernest has lots of extra points with this too. Do you think it really was the pizza, Nate?
2: Um, I mean, we have no way of knowing. I mean, why would he make up the flu? I think, uh, I think it probably was some kind of pizza or flu or some other drug that he might have taken that he blamed on the pizza, um, like a bad reaction to something. I don't know. I, I, I don't want to be a Michael Jordan hater. I've, I, I really was not a fan of the bulls growing up, but I, I admired what the bulls did. And honestly, this whole last dance thing, the more I've watched it, the more I've actually admired Michael Jordan for what he's been able to do. The fact that, you know, anytime somebody would upset him or something, he would just go to another level and, you know and take him down i mean that's just impressive i mean it's just he would take the littlest thing when he would play in the finals against carl malone who he liked because he played on the dream team but he was mad because carl malone won the mvp or reggie miller would say something like oh i thought you were this great player and michael jordan turns around and has an amazing game i mean that's just that's impressive so you know the pizza whatever the thing is i don't know if that's somebody in utah that said oh i bet this might be going to one of the bulls players let's get him sick or something like that i mean that's why you talked about five player five people dropping it off why would you have five people delivering one pizza that makes zero sense so um i, I don't i don't doubt it was a sabotage thing but um it, regardless it was still pretty amazing i mean you could kind of see him watching that game where he would just it's almost like he was on stage and when he was off stage he was miserable when he was on stage on that court and the, you know the clock was running He was on point and then he would just collapse on the sidelines and recover. It it was impressive. Um, Again, I'm not a Michael Jordan fan, but I admire, I will absolutely bar none say he was the best basketball player ever, um, especially based on everything I've seen in the last dance. So I don't know Ernest. What? Let's go on your tangent. Ernest, go ahead.
1: I'd always, I'd heard for a while that it was food poisoning. I didn't know it was pizza. And he traveled with Tim Grover, who is his trainer. And his three security guards, so I, I don't i I tend to think that you know if there had been something else, they would have said something now one of them has passed on since then. They were all retired Chicago detectives, his security guard in that respect, but i, I he was ill and he was able to summon up something to, in a very inhospitable area and arena. He was able to perform in that respect and again. If it had been today with the social network, you'd had all kind of, I mean, you look at the conspiracy theorist who came out when his dad died and just think if that had been today, how it had been a national debate. So I I had no doubt in that respect. The interesting part of the last dance was the last 15 minutes when they talked about the opportunity to go for a seventh. And uh, Reinsdorf, who, who really skates free, because Jerry Krause has been made the bad guy, mm-hmm. and Jerry Krause has been dead 15 years, so we really don't know what Jerry Krause's excuse. But he was working for Reinsdorf, and Reinsdorf historically has never paid players, either the White Sox or the Bulls. And uh, after the fact, what we didn't know was the next year the NBA went on strike, so it was a half a season. So if they had brought everybody back, uh, they would only played. 40 games. They would have been rested. They most likely would have been playing the Spurs in the finals because that year it was the Knicks and the Spurs and it went seven games. So they probably would have won a seventh game. They didn't have to get rid of anybody. They had an option on Pippen. They could have signed him for, you know, they traded him uh, when he signed a competitive deal with Houston. Uh, Rodman, they cut. Kerr, they traded. Michael did not make up his mind until January when the strike was over. Where did
2: Steve Kerr go? Did he go to the Spurs?
1: He went to the Spurs first, yeah. He was part of the trade, and then Rodman was signed by the Lakers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He went to the Lakers, and then he went to Spurs after that. And it's kind of like they let the team fall apart. I mean, they'd already named the coach to replace him. And... Phil Jackson walked away. I mean, at the last end after they told him you could go 82-0 and and it's your last year, then they come back in in October and say, well, we can sign you for another one-year deal. And he knew he'd get jerked around another year, so he walked away. Not changing the subjects, but you know, I think the next fascinating one they do, they should do one on, uh, it'd be hard to do right now because Kobe's just passing away, but Kobe and Shaq. Because that was that was a dynasty in the making. I mean, they won three, then they lost to Detroit, and then those two superstars could not get along. That would be fascinating to do a 10-part series on Kobe and Shaq.
0: Yeah, it's too recent right now. And the one cool thing about Michael Jordan's last dance is he had all that footage, right? And he hadn't right. talked about this with detail. And like Nate said earlier, we all were ready for something different Um, so what do we take away, Ernest? What's your top two takeaways from The Last Dance? I mean, if you had to boil it down, like two things that you're going to say, wow, I didn't know that, or that will always stay with me.
1: 99% I knew. Uh, I think it was relevant to Reinsdorf really being the architect of destroying this dynasty. Also, I don't know any other superstar who would be able to exist in the light of a Michael Jordan than Pippen? I couldn't see anybody else do that. And they had a stat where 20 Hall of Famers were eliminated by Michael Jordan in the playoffs. And I think there were—I think in the league there were more good teams. Now it's been like all the superstars get on one team. You have to have three superstars. Back then there were good teams. The Suns were good. Spurs were good. The Rockets were good. The Knicks were good. The Pacers were good. I mean, they were just better quality. The superstars were kind of spread out among the league. But again, you know, Pippen, you know, he he did show a fit the year Michael was gone, stayed out of a game. But how many superstars, how many these days would go like, okay, you're the star Michael. I'll follow you. It's interesting on that last shot against Utah, they interviewed Pippen and Pippen said, I stayed out of the way. I just let him do his thing. And you couldn't see a Kyrie do that or a LeBron or anybody else. You know, how many guys would be able to feel established in themselves as a Hall of Famer, yet this man's a better player and give it up? You know, most guys are like Reggie Miller said, to this day, Reggie Miller thinks his Pacers team was better than that Bulls team.
0: Mm, Yeah, go ahead. Think that way, Reggie. Nate, what did you come <laughs> away from, with from the last dance?
2: You know, it, it was interesting because I, I've i just never been a, um, obviously, I was a Suns fan growing up. So I was a little, it was a little tough to watch, I think, episode four or six. Whatever one, when they beat the Suns in the final, that was that was tough um, when he didn't like Dan Marley and that was his motivation, right? And it's kind of like, yeah, Dan Marley had nothing to do with it. It was something that was the like Dan Marley a little bit. Yeah, so that part was a little bit tough for me, but otherwise, uh, I've actually I've grown a little bit more on Michael Jordan. I just realized seeing more about him when I was a, I was a kid growing up when I saw everything with Michael Jordan Live. And, um, you know, we don't have the social media age like we do now. So I didn't learn as much as a, a background as much as I had um, during this documentary about Jordan. So. You know, I I just kind of admired how great he really was. I mean, the fact, like I kind of said earlier about him, just going to another level with just the basic motivation. One little thing would set him off and he would just go go nuts on somebody, right? He would just go to another level in a game, in a series. Um, Just impressive. So again, I'm not a big fan of Michael Jordan, but. You know, I, I would bar none say he's the best. Uh, I thought it was kind of funny with Steve Kerr. Um, I kind of chuckled at the fact when he made that shot against, what uh, was it, 96? The first time they played the Jazz. Um, and he, he kind of made the game winning shot. And then he went up at the championship rally and with all the fans and kind of said uh, the thing about Michael Jordan when they were in the huddle about Jordan saying like, you know, I'm not really, Phil, I'm not really comfortable taking a shot in this kind of situation, right? And so Steve's like, yeah, I'm going to have to bail you out again. I, I really wasn't a big fan of Steve Kerr either. And I, that that kind of makes me like him a little bit more because I thought that was kind of funny. Um, and, you know, learning a little bit more about Steve Kerr's background, too. Like, I never knew that his dad, um, had, you know, was murdered kind of similar to Jordan, but they, they never really talked about it. Um, that was kind of sad to see. But, um, you know, it, just interesting. And Steve Kerr kind of stood up to Jordan in one of the early practices and, you know, Jordan ended up punching him in the face and then he kind of called him back um, a couple hours after the practice and said, you know, I'm sorry, that wasn't really about you. That was just something else. And how they kind of bonded from something like that, because, you know, Jordan kind of admired the fact that he kind of stood up to him and then he kind of showed his his strength in the playoff series. So those are kind of things I just never really learned about. I knew kind of knew Rodden was crazy. So none of that really surprised me. Um, But it was just kind of interesting because I, I just grew up not liking the Bulls, especially after they beat the Suns. So it was kind of interesting to see it. Another thing that was great about it was the fact that the the footage with what we can do with um, you know uh, kind of upgrading the video footage these days it's amazing. It kind of yeah. looks like they filmed it yesterday. I mean, with the you know with the four K and things like that, it's pretty amazing how they up- upgraded that that old footage to make it look. Um, Really close. I mean, obviously, there's some clips from NBC that are older, but then other clips I thought were uh, mm-hmm. pretty impressive with the high definition. So, right. well, Let I- me
1: interject. Let me check, uh, This might be my last minute. So let me interject a quick question to both of you. Charles Barkley has always given a bad rep. You know, he's a loser. He didn't win a championship. Why don't we put that title on Stockman, Stockton, Malone, Miller, and Ewing? They were all on teams at the same time. I think Barkley is singled out. You didn't win a championship and all this, and, and you were a loser and all this. Because
2: he but had a he, shot with Houston, too, I think.
1: Yeah, well, how many shots did Ewing John had against Stockton the
2: Bulls? not on their team.
1: Yeah, Rick but they Dorf's were they had two chances against the Bulls.
2: Patrick Ewing and that, on his team. I think because he failed in two different markets. But I is that not hugely was... unfair? No, it's definitely what? unfair. I love Barkley. I, I met him personally in Vegas. And he was the funniest guy in the world to me. So I am absolutely a Barkley fan. I hate that they have that, but I think the fact that he was in Phoenix, they were get really so close. You know, they were in the finals, they lost. Then he went to Houston, and they got really close. They got to the what the Eastern or the Western Conference Finals. With I believe, Pippen. twice, maybe not. You know, twice we, with Pippen,
1: no. and lost yeah. to the Spurs. But again, I don't why Barkley. And he's the more fan friendly. He's the more approachable. Ewing is always not been approachable stock stockton is kind of a i think i know why ernest i think i know why why. because
0: barkley came into the league with this loud mouth and some people either he he was a dividing or polarizing character either you loved him or you couldn't stand him remember when he spit into the crowd when he was in philly i mean sometimes when you see somebody who's loud and proud People want to see him fall, and I think Barkley was always himself, and that rubbed people the wrong way. Like when he said, "Hey, we're not role models." I mean, he was—he's always that way. He's still that way today, and I think a, he put a big target a great- on himself by doing that. And I think that's why he's more criticized, or uh, than a Malone, some of the other players he listed. What I love
2: Barkley. You know? I mean, when you see him on what is it, TBS, TNT? Oh yeah. He's funny. He's so funny. I mean, you see and then you see him golf and he's so terrible.
1: But so Reggie Miller world, is just a care. big yeah, Reggie Miller's just a big a trash talker with the choke sign and with the Knicks. And and like I said, I, I just I don't know why Barkley is singled out when these other guys all of them would have won championships except for Jordan and Pippen and and, and Phil Jackson. But it seems like is the only one that has this the stigma attached to him for some reason like, the me uh,
2: bird larry bird magic johnson michael jordan era and he was kind of the left he was the fourth one the fourth wheel that just didn't get the ring i don't I mean john stockton and carl malone they didn't really make a lot of noise with the press I, I feel like i mean they were in smaller markets too obviously in in utah but i don't feel like they rustled i don't know i mean i was you know i was kind of a kid when they when i got to see these guys but they didn't really seem like they rustled feathers. I mean, John Stockton seems like the neighbor next door that's a good guy that you know would let you borrow milk if you were ran out or something, you were baking something. A um, lot of
1: players, uh, Carl will tell
2: mailman, you Malone was the mailman, right? It doesn't, yeah, on but Sunday, right?
1: Stockton was probably one of the dirtiest players they were. He was always tripping, he would do little things away from the referee. Uh, Malone has some stigma attached to him. If you google, he did some things which. I mean, they were in an area that protected them in Utah, a very clannish type of area in which you were part of the neighborhood. And it's just, to me, it's unfair to Charles Barkley. Sorry, went on a rant, Paul. I apologize. Take my minute away from me.
0: (laughs) I was going to tee you up with a final minute, but um, I was going to say, is there anybody for your final minute, you can either say something you had prepared, or you can talk about another player that's currently – active who we are seeing greatness right now because as nate mentioned earlier sometimes we see greatness but we don't want to see it like if it's playing for the opposite team michael jordan was greatness and when he retired it was a sad day or when he left the bulls it was a sad day so we'll start with you nate um do you have a one your last minute prepared or you want to talk about somebody who think is great right now that we should appreciate
2: i think i mean uh- I guess I, I'm just kind of throwing it out there right now. I mean, this may not be my real answer, but it's what I can think of right now. Um, Mike Trout, I mean, Major League Baseball. I mean, the things that he's able to do, um, I, I don't think we really get to see a lot of press on him. Um, and he's just kind of a quiet guy, does what he needs to do. He doesn't He doesn't make a big thing with the press. Um, he's not like – he's not a loudmouth. You know, he just kind of quietly kind of comes in and does his thing. And um, so I think that might be somebody, but I mean, you look at his, his statistics over the year years, he's, he's pretty impressive. So that might be our kind of current player. I know maybe Ernest might say LeBron James or something else, but I'm not that impressed with LeBron James just because he keeps moving teams. I think the fact that if he would have stuck with Cleveland, if he would have won one championship at Cleveland, but he kept trying and he never left, I'd give him so much more respect than the fact that he left you know, and went to Miami, got his ring. Then he finally came back to Cleveland. I gave him a little credit for coming back. Then he wins that one. Then he goes to, now he's in LA. I mean, I don't know, man, stick with your hometown team. You you're get a lot of credit for that. So, But I, th- I think Mike Trout, I think he had an opportunity to go to somewhere else and get um, probably the same amount of money um, with going to another team, and he stuck with the Angels, which I don't think they're really contenders right now, but I think he's he's doing what I like to see from players, which is you stick with the team that drafted you that – that you've had success success with, so I would I guess for right now I'd probably say Mike Trout. Mm-hmm. What about you, Ernest?
1: He doesn't have the drive that Michael Jordan does, but when you talk about a guy who's six foot nine, two hundred eighty pounds, who who basically brings the ball up, physical talent, there'll never be another LeBron James. He does not have that drive that Michael Jordan did, and he quits on games and he pouts and he gets mad. But as for physical ability. Uh, we're not going to see another one like him, like a Michael Jordan. I mean, that's just it. It's when LeBron leaves, we're going to be looking for another LeBron like we look for another Michael Jordan. Uh, yeah, he seeks out championships and he manipulates the rules and he manipulates things and he's difficult to coach. But again, you're a six foot nine guard, basically. He is a physically stronger magic with a better shooting range.
2: I do like the school that LeBron created. I will give him that. I, I think if ever, you talk about his best achievements, I like that he set up that school for kids. I think that's pretty awesome. But um, everything you're kind of saying is right, right on, Ernest. But I just I don't like the fact that he doesn't have the drive, and I don't think uh, I just don't give him credit because he just kept ba- bouncing from teams. I think you know you're you're going to get a lot of respect. Look at Jordan when he came back. He came back to the Bulls. I don't know if that was a contract thing or what, but he came back with that team and brought them back some championships. Um, It's not like LeBron left for a couple of years and came back and like tried football or Mm -hmm. something. Right. He just, he bailed on, he bailed on Cleveland. And I think that was unfair. And then he came back and then he got him a championship and he's like, okay, I did that. Now I'm, I'm gonna go to LA. I mean, I just stick with your team, make your team better around you. Look how Jordan made his team better by pushing them, by making them, you know, he was a jerk in in practices, right? Like, but he got his team better. That's what LeBron needs to do. LeBron would have done that. He could have been MJ 2.0 or he could have been in the same conversation, but he just, he just told, went into the GM's office and said, I want this guy. I want this guy. I want this guy. I need this. I need this instead of just making his team better around him. And you see that with Jordan. You see that he's pushing his players. He got Scott Burrell to play a better game, even though Scott Burrell is like the nicest guy in the world. Right. I mean, it's those things that you see in the last dance, you see the things behind the scenes of Michael Jordan, pushing his teammates, getting them better for the betterment of the team.
1: And you it, it, you can't do that anymore. I finished reading a book about the Warriors, and basically at the end of the game with the Warriors, you'd have fifteen guys get on their social media, and instead of talking to reporters, they talk to their Twitter followers. I mean, I don't know, I don't know if a Michael Jordan, that leadership would exist in today's environment. I, I have some doubts, because it's it's kind of like people used to talk about the Red Sox. It was twenty five different cars bringing them together, and now everybody as an entity and to themselves in a the locker room that I don't know if you can have that kind of locker room spirit.
0: I think uh, Steph Curry's underrated in a way. I know that a lot of people give him a lot of credit, but I think we're going to look back and see that he really changed the game and he's a different superstar than we were expecting. And I think that's always interesting to see how sports change and who can monopolize in the next wave of rules or uh, coaching or the way things are uh, called, refereed, things like that. All right, Ernest, what's your last two good minutes here?
1: Boy, I thought I gave you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was our last two minutes, uh, yeah.
1: uh, Again, you know, if and watched The Last Dance, it's going to be replayed again. Uh, there are three more 30 for 30s coming up. There's two weeks of Lance Armstrong, uh, one on Sosa McGuire, But the one between that, I think on June 12th, is one of my childhood idols, and it's Bruce Lee. And I grew up watching Bruce Lee movies. And you may not think of him as an athlete, but he was able to Americanize a lot of uh, martial arts. A lot of what you see with UFC and MMA today is an outgrowth of what Bruce Lee brought into our country in the early 60s. So please watch these. I'm not a shill for ESPN, but in lieu of live sports, uh, there's some fascinating documentaries out there.
0: Awesome. All right, Nate.
2: Well, I'm, I'm excited that some sports are starting now. We're, we're hearing signs of what, what the sports are going to be. But in the meantime, um, you know, I, I just kind of want to say with, with everybody that's, that's been, everything that's been going on, it's been tough to get through all this um, with the quarantines and the, you know, the, the coronavirus. But I think we've also seen a lot of good. I think we've seen, you know, I, I know of my neighborhood, I've gotten to know some of the neighbors. It's great just to see everybody out there. Everybody's waving to each other. I think we're kind of all in this together. And I think, uh, hopefully we'll come out of this stronger. I know we've had kids in the neighborhood when I walk the dog when we walk, you know, walk the kids or we ride our bikes. A lot of kids are just writing nice, positive messages on sidewalk, um, driveway chalk with the, you know, sidewalk chalk. And uh, it was just, it's really great. I mean, everybody's kind of, I think everybody's kind of doing the best they can. Um, there's a lot of, negative that we're seeing a lot in the news but there's a lot of positive coming out of it that you know we're we're figuring out other things where i think we're probably spending more time with our families which hopefully is a good thing and um you know we're just we're getting through it so i think we're almost hopefully we're almost at the finish line we're starting to see some things open up again and uh, but let's just not forget how important like the family is right with all the time we spent together hopefully we've we've bonded more as families so anyway we're all we're all getting through it hang in there and um
0: and my last word is, uh, watch John Krasinski's Some Good News on YouTube or Instagram, wherever you can see it. Um, of course, he's from The Office, and he's done Jack Ryan, and he's done some good movies. Um, I won't be ashamed to say it, man, There's been some great, some good news, little clips of seeing how people are overcoming. And um, if you if you have a dry eye through some of that, then there's something wrong with you, and I tell you, it's encouraged me a lot. So watch that if you're not watching sports. So from Nate and Ernest, have a great night.